Hello everyone and welcome to the Clockwork Cantina. I'm one of your hosts of this awesome show, Josh902, and this is the other host of this show. DT3, what's going on everybody? What's up? Hey guys, how are you doing out there today? It is Monday, September the 26th of 2022. We hope you're all doing very well out there in the land, in the world. Uh, I'm doing much better this week. No migraines, no headaches. We're, we are good to go. Uh, for the rest of this here show, which we have the usual stuff. We have the news in the first half, gaming, television, and movie news. And we also, in the second half of the show, we'll be talking about a movie, because we did a retro re retro rewatch um, for this week uh, of a movie called The Searchers, which we'll be talking about in the second half of the show. I think that'll be fun to talk about. Um, but before we usually get started, we usually talk about what we've been up to the past week, DT3, my friend, what have you been up to the past week? And let me put up what you've been up to text. Um, in the past week, um, uh, been continuing to play some Fortnite as always. Uh, played some more Rogue Company as well. Uh, I'm gonna be playing more of that. Or continue to play more of that because um considering getting the battle pass for that. Um watch the first three episodes of Andor. Very interesting. Uh I don't want to say too much about it. We'll definitely talk about it when we it's all over. Uh we'll do an episode just dedicated purely on that. Um so that'll be interesting. Uh and then what else? Uh, She-Hulk, sixth episode. Watch that, of course. We'll be doing an episode on that. Also, um, I tried out this new Gundam game called Gundam Evolution. It's like a Overwatch kind of Gundam game. Um, I like it, but there's so many, so many sweaties in that game right now. I feel they they need to do like some balancing stuff because I literally over the weekend I think it was like on Saturday or something yeah Saturday there was a good while games where it was just like losses in a row so they need to like I don't know they need to do something with that because that that game feels like like so difficult like you, you get it was you were just getting steamrolled like every game. You know, so balancing and the matchmaking stuff needs to needs to be figured out on that because that's it's a fun game, but I just I don't want to play it because it's like ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> watch the fifth episode of The Rings of Power. Um, you know, trying to keep up with all these shows. Uh, that one I I, I like took a few days for me to watch, but I did watch it after it came out. Also, yesterday. Uh, I played the Modern Warfare 2 beta, which that, on the other hand, was a lot of fun. I had a blast playing that. Um, I really enjoyed the tw Modern Warfare 2019. I'm pretty sure I talked about that on the, uh, you know, podcast when you know a few years back when 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 that came out. Um, so that was. That was a lot of fun, actually. It's the beta's over now. It ended today, but I played it yesterday for a few hours, and it and it's it was a lot of fun. I really I really did enjoy it. I really liked it. Um, 
very excited for the game uh for that to come out because i i do i want to play it. It, it it's it's I had, I had a great time with the beta so i i definitely want to get that um and then <clears throat> i picked up uh a marvel unlimited for a little bit which is the comic uh you know service that they have for at the for marvel for the comics and all that it was uh i got a pretty good deal on it and it was like i think a dollar for like a month so i'm gonna be reading a lot of comics here within the next you know for for the time being uh until that runs out I've i've already read a few of them i started with some star wars stuff and i'm gonna try to be making my way through other things and then we'll and then i'll go into like actual like marvel things but i got like a list of star wars comics i'm gonna try to read through before uh you know beforehand but yeah and, and it was also cool just revisiting like older comics too that i hadn't read in a long time like i don't have you ever read josh the star wars infinities comics no i haven't you know to be honest with you i haven't read a whole lot of comics just not even the star wars ones you know i, I my my comic reading is very limited just in general but i would be interested in checking them out yeah so the i, I not the infinity comics are fun i would uh for, for those of you who out there who don't know what this the Infi star wars infinity comics are so basically it's like star wars what like you, you know marvel has what if it's basically like what is star wars what if so they have three different ver they have three different uh you know uh versions or or series or whatever one of them is for new hope one of them is for the empire strikes back and the other one is for obviously return of the jedi so basically what happens is the new hope one basically redoes the entire trilogy in like four issues and it like rechanges the history of everything so it's it's like what like basically it start the premise starts off as like what if Luke didn't blow up the Death Star? And then it goes from there and it splits off into its alternate universe. And then for the Empire Strikes Back one, it's like, okay, everything in a new hope happened, but now that we're in Empire Strikes Back, we're gonna change some stuff. Like the one that happens in that one is what if Luke what if Han didn't get to Luke on time on Hoth and he froze to death? And then for the Return of the Jedi one, uh it it goes like, what if, um, uh, you know, at the beginning of the movie, they go infiltrate Jabba's palace to get Han back. What if they mm -hmm. failed to get Han back and Boba Fett escaped with Han, took him to the Empire, and then it goes from there. So it's just like very, it's very interesting, like scenarios, and 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 it's just, like I had already kind of read those in the past, but it was just fun revisiting them because. You know, some cool stuff. Also, Star Wars Visionaries. I, I re dude, Star Wars, vi dude, <clears throat> for those of you out there who have not read Star Wars Visionaries, there is, they're basically like short little stories that were created by uh, concept artists for Revenge of the Sith. So basically, when they're making the movie, you know, George is like writing the script and telling them to come up with concept for stuff and whatnot. And obviously, a lot of that got used for the movie and a lot of that didn't. So some of those stories got turned into like short stories and, and, and they're in this book, you know, uh, called Star Wars Visions. Um, Old Wounds, some people may remember that one. It's the one where like Maul goes to the Lara's homestead and he tries to 
find uh, Obi-Wan by, you know, going after Luke and all that, which they kind of did in canon already, but they split it into two, diff- two different things. They made it into, you know, obviously Maul going to Tatooine on Rebels, and then with Reva in uh, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series uh, as well. So that that is basically that. But there's one called Entrenched, which is about, like, this rebel soldier on Hoth and he's like talking about like the day-to-day stuff and, and just like being a, a, a soldier in the rebellion. That one is fucking awesome, dude. Like old wounds is cool, but entrenched is so like, th- like if that turned, if they, they turned that into a video game. I would play the shit out of that. That is so like when you have, if you have the time, Josh, check out star Wars visionaries and then let me know what you think of the entrenched story. Cause that one, I mean, the, a lot of those are really cool, to. but man, yeah. that one's awesome. But anyway, before I go off on, on a tangent of all these comics I've I've read and I'm gonna read, I, I so yeah, I got Marvel Unlimited for for, for, future, for a pretty good deal. Future and, podcast episodes, guy. <laughs> that's that's and yeah, it's it's there's uh th- yeah, we're gonna be reading a lot of comics uh coming up here, and I'm excited, dude, because I love reading comics, man. But yeah, it's uh I got a lot of stuff you know planned to read so I'm, I'm i'm very hyped about that and then the last you know before i could go on with that like i said the last thing is uh obviously last night uh sunday uh we were you know sixth sixth episode of house of the dragon holy shit dude this show like I, without saying spoilers it kind of like reset itself with this new episode and it's still like as fucking like intriguing and interesting and like it has my attention as like fucking like the previous episodes did like man this show is so good dude this show is so fucking good i it's just crazy to think that i know i said i think i've said this before on the podcast but i'm gonna say it again before the house of the dragon and the rings of power aired i was looking forward to the rings of power more but now that they've both been out i've been enjoying house of the dragon like so much more than the rings of power man which I don't want to shit on the Rings of Power because I am liking it, but it's just like when you have those two fantasy shows at the same time, it's hard not to like compare them. You can't, yeah, you I can't know, help I but know, compare. I know yeah. they're completely different, obviously, but man, I'm just, I, I don't know, dude. For some reason, just how the House of the Dragon is just getting me more than the Rings of Power, man. But obviously, I'm still going to keep with it with both of them because, you know, I like both universes. So. Um, but anyway, yeah, just this newest episode is just incredible for House of the Dragon. So I, I amazing, amazing. But anyway, that's that's kind of been what I what I've been up to. Um, uh, so yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Uh, so what I've been up to is Andor's episodes one through three. We're gonna be doing a episode on that, so I won't go into details or my feelings currently. She-Hulk as well. Watch the newest episode of that. I've been playing more of The Division 2. It's kind of like I get on, I play an hour or two, and then I hop off. It's really nice. It gives me, like, I get to get my gaming done because I'm, I'm kind of having a routine right now, uh, which is cool um, because I'm doing a lot more dice making. Uh, I got my new molds in. I've been making dice. I've, I've sold... Oh my god, I don't even know how many sets this past week. Like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of sets. I can't keep enough in stock on the on the shop, so I mean if basically you make one yeah. you make one a day and it and it's like sold like the day of it's, it's so gone, like, yeah. Yeah. 
And I, I, yeah, and I even, you know, I'll just be honest with you guys. I went up on my prices a bit because I can't keep anything in stock, and I still can't keep anything in stock. I was like, God damn, I should have went up on my prices ages ago, apparently. Uh, but it didn't go up much. It only went up like 10 bucks, 10, 5 bucks here or there. Um, uh, Rings of Power, um, been watching that, and House of the Dragon, uh, as well. Watched the newest episode of that, and... I am of the same mindset as DT. I'm getting more, and I'm not shitting on Rings of Power, but Hot D, House of the Dragon, is like the thing that has me the most interested right now, you know? Like, it's the one I feel the most connected to. Still like the Rings of Power. Rings of Power, um, uh, it's so pretty to look at. Like, that's the big thing with that show is like, it's just everything you look at, it's like, it's gorgeous. It's, it's Lord of the Rings. I can see where they put the money at. That and the tons of slow-mo that they use constantly in that show. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been up to the past week. And here is the weekly weight loss update, guys. We lost another six pounds yesterday. We weighed in. We have lost oh, yeah, a man. total, a grand total of, what is it? Let me look at my app here. I think it's 23 pounds, but let's make sure. Uh, I don't want to lie. I want to be, be truthful. I want to be honest. Uh, 23 pounds total since we started monitoring, monitoring, monitoring my weight. So Very we've nice. lost 23 Very pounds nice. in about a little over two months. We started uh, um, uh, on August the 14th, I believe. So, or no. Well, no, I've been dieting for almost two months, rather. And we, we didn't start monitoring the weight till August 14th. So, um little weird timelines there but we've lost 23 pounds that's the big thing so i am i'm getting slim getting trim i can definitely feel it um you know i can definitely tell when i look at myself that i look different even though it's like it's 23 pounds 23 pounds is a fucking lot of weight when you think about it like to lose for a body um so it's it's interesting um some clothes are fitting better than maybe they didn't before um the shorts i have on right now i was you guys are going to laugh at me because this is an embarrassing story for me, but I'll tell you anyway. I was walking across the backyard and had my phone in my pocket. My shorts fell down. All right? Like, like that's what that what's happened when I was walking back to the house. It's like I tried to grab them and yank them up. I'm like, God, the, the pants aren't staying up anymore. I've lost too much weight. Um, but that's yeah, nice. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good sign, man. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, the, that's kind of what I've been up to the past week. I, I had a cheat day yesterday. I ate some food. That I normally wouldn't eat. I, I went to Wendy's and I, I I tried to get the pretzel burger because uh, I was like, that's going to be my cheat day meal because uh, or cheat one of my cheat day meals. And it's like I got there and they were like, yeah, sorry, we don't have the pretzel bun. Do you want a regular bun? I was like, God damn it. It's my one day. My, my one day a month where I get to cheat if I do well. Yeah, right. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, so. I got it with a regular bun and I ate it and it was still really good. But I mean, I guess I'll never know what that pretzel bun tastes like if it's not there next month, <laughs> next right. month at the end. Um, that's a that's a shame. That's a that's yeah. a damn shame is what that is. I, I'd be upset. I, I'd leave I'd leave the Wendy's on the spot if they told me they didn't have any goddamn pretzel bread. It's it's hard to it's hard for me to feel disappointed because I was riding on that high of hey I lost six pounds this week, you know. Yeah, no, I get <laughs> yeah. you for sure. Yeah, it's actually been really hard for me to be like super down the past few weeks because just or the past week rather because everything's going good for me right like the the dice stuff is working out really well the 
I, I feel like I am doing the best I've ever done with that stuff. Like, I feel like I don't feel like a beginner anymore. I feel like I have some experience under my belt and I feel like I'm good at it, like really good at it now. And I'm trying new things and they're working out and it's just working great. On top of like watching my diet and not being a slave to food at the moment, just everything is, is doing so well for me, I feel like right now. So it makes me feel good. It's hard for me to get down. It's hard for me to like be kind of depressed you know it happens it'll come in a waves i'm sure and it won't be and this this high i'm on right now it won't last forever they never do but but the lows don't last forever either man so i'm gonna enjoy this good feelings that i'm having right now while i can so yeah that's that's kind of what i've been up to the past week we're riding high yeah, right man. now that's what's up all right dt are we ready to hit into the gaming news my friend or are you prepared are you ready uh, to hit uh, i sure am yeah, let's let's, let's do it then. All right. So, first piece of news we got for the game of news today is that Motive Studio announces single-player Iron Man game as first part of new EA and Marvel collaboration. Uh, Electronic Arts Motive Studio announced that it is currently developing Iron Man game in collaboration with Marvel Games. The as-of-yet untitled game is a single-player third-person action title starring everyone's favorite genius playboy billionaire philanthropist, Tony Stark. EA, or Electronic Arts, heralds this game as one of the first several new games developed in collaboration with Marvel. According to the announcement, Marvel Studio, or, or Motive Studio, rather, hopes to tap into the rich history of Iron Man and Tony Stark. The studio hopes to channel the complexity, charisma, and creative genius of Tony Stark, enabling players to feel what it's like to truly play as Iron Man. We are thrilled, thrilled to collaborate with the talented team at Motive Studio to bring their original vision of one of Marvel's most important, powerful, and beloved characters. Vice President and Creative Director at Marvel Games, Bill Roseman, said in the announcement, their experience both delivering established entertainment worlds and thrilling gameplay combined with their authentic passion for the armored icon will fuel our quest to deliver a love letter to the legendary hero in the form of the ultimate Iron Man video game. The Iron Man team at Motive Studios, led by executive producer Oliver Prolook, who has uh, recently, pro recently produced Marvel's Gardens of the Galaxy for Square Enix and Eidos Montreal. Prolook also worked on production leadership for Marvel's Avengers. He's joined by Ian Fraser from Star Wars Squadrons and Mass Effect Andromeda. Mylan Lumino, Immortals Phoenix Rising, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and J.F. Poirier from Star Wars Squadron and Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's an honor and privilege to have the opportunity to make a video game based on one of the most iconic superheroes in the entertainment today, Prolux said in the announcement. We have a great opportunity to create a new and unique story that we can call our own. Marvel is encouraging us to, to create something fresh. We have a lot of freedom, which is so engaging for the team. Uh, the game is currently in uh, pre-production, meaning it it is unlikely we'll see the game for quite some time. Uh, also, Montreal or uh, Motive Studios are currently working on the upcoming Dead Space remake, which is scheduled to launch on January 27th. Uh, previously, Iron Man has appeared in Iron Man VR, uh, 2020 PSVR exclusive title, Marvel's Avengers, and before that, Sega also developed two console-based uh, Iron Man MCU games. And of course, you know, he's been in the Marvel vs. Capcom stuff. 
and uh, will be coming up in the Marvel's Midnight Suns as well. So, <clears throat> what do you think, Josh? Iron Man game uh, gonna be a um, you know, uh, EA motive. Uh, we kind of have some of the people that we know that are that are going to be working on this from from other stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, third person single player action game. What do you what, what do you think? I think it's pretty cool. I think that um, they need to make sure that it feels like a superhero and not have the thing that we have with the uh, Avengers game, which is like. Mm -hmm. Every enemy's a goddamn sponge, even the basic little bitch ones. So it's kind of like uh, yeah. don't, you don't feel like a hero. It's very important yeah. that you feel like Iron Man and like the average mook on the street. You know, isn't going to stand much of a chance, and so shouldn't. Mm -hmm. It's the same discussion we've had about the Marvel's Midnight Suns. It's like you need to make sure that yeah, you got to have you got to have all those little enemies there, but you got to make sure that. I can beat the shit out of them and feel like a fucking superhero. Um, yeah. So I think this will be interesting. I think it's also pretty challenging to work on this type of a game. Like, this is Tony Stark. This is Iron Man. This is a, a character that can fly around, uh, that, that has loads of different suits and different gadgets, um, and an interesting uh, uh, repertoire that he can dig deep into. I'm curious to what they'll do with the story and, and stuff like that as well. So it's really exciting. Like, it's really interesting that we are definitely seeing a big increase in, in Marvel games and Star Wars games as well. Like, that seems to be a thing. And I, that's exciting to me because I, I want more of that. Um, but I want them done well. How about you, DT? How are you feeling on it? I think it's really cool. Um, I, I feel like it's kind of overdue for us to get a game like this. Mm -hmm. um with how popular the character has been since the start of the marvel cinematic universe um like i said uh and you know uh earlier he they did kind of make some mcu games for the first couple movies but you know i never really played those and i never really heard much about them so i don't know how well they did or didn't do um and they were they were made by Sega also, so I don't yeah again I don't I don't know how how well they performed or how well how good they were or anything like that. But um, I think it makes total sense. Like I said, it's it's pretty pretty overdue, pretty long overdue. Um, he's a, he's become such a huge character because of the mm -hmm. MCU. And uh, I definitely want to play the shit out of an Iron Man game. If they do it well, this could be incredible. It could be really 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 fun. And going back to your point of like having the enemies like the weak ass enemies like feel like sponges or whatever mm -hmm. that's an issue that definitely um marvel's avengers has um and like i I really enjoyed that game but it really did like i always hated being the hulk and just like getting knocked down by a stupid robot or something i'm like how is this even possible like i know it's a video game and you have to like you know it's difficult to balance stuff but like there should be no you know what they should do is you know how in jedi fallen order there are there are tougher enemies but the stormtroopers you can like take out in like one hit like they need to find that balance of like all right you have your basic ass stormtrooper enemies which they shoot at you you put up your lightsaber you block it and then they get one shot in right or you slice mm -hmm. them with your saber dead 
and then there's tougher enemies than that. They need to figure out how to do that in in these types of superhero games because you're totally right. Like a a, a fucking thug on the street or or you know some some random little jackass you know like a you know Ultron bot or something should not be like able to like whoop my ass like or knock me over or like do stupid shit like that you know what i mean like i should be able to just as iron man i should be able to go in there use my fucking beams and shit and missiles and rockets and whatever the fuck he has in his arsenal and just tear shit up man you know what i mean so mm-hmm. they, they do need to find that balance but like i said if they do it right this game could be pretty fucking awesome so i am excited for the potential for sure hell yeah now, moving from one EA studio to another, we actually have quite a few EA news here to start off. Apex Legends devs are sick of players harassing them. So Respawn Entertainment, uh, I think it was on, it was, it was sometime last week, like Thursday, I think. They put up a tweet, um, which I will go ahead and read now. Uh, it says, recently we have increased we have seen increased harassment towards members of our development team. We welcome community input. However, the line between constructive feedback and the harassment of our dev team cannot be crossed. We want to remind our players that we have a zero tolerance policy for threats and, har- and the harassment of our developers. We will take appropriate action to ensure the health and safety of our team. We love hearing feedback and will continue to work alongside our community to foster a respectful, collaborative environment and uphold the competitive integrity of our game. That was a message from Respawn Entertainment. Now, I don't even know what the hell's been going on with this game because I haven't played it in a while. Like I, I used to play Apex a lot, but I just haven't really since really since I started like playing Fortnite and some of those other stuff. It's kind of like that has taken my spot for battle royale things. You know, it used mm-hmm. like Apex used to be my go-to battle royale, but now since like Fortnite, we've been playing Fortnite for like you know almost. How how long have we been playing now for like a few months this year now like like several like Shit, a lot sometimes sometimes yeah it's been, it's been a while like we we've, we've gone through like this is the second season now played mm-hmm. anyway anyway the point I'm trying to make is ever since like we've been playing Fortnite I kind of stopped playing Apex but um so I don't know what's going on I don't know why people are harassing the devs or I don't know like what happened but I saw this and I was like man we, we gotta like like what are people doing to like 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 why like for them to have thrown out this message like what the hell is going on this is this is crazy like why like what why did they feel the need to put this out there like what are people saying to them and for what like i don't i don't know what's been going on in the game you know i have no idea um there is a line that shouldn't be crossed you know when it becomes like feedback is important right and and i'm sure the devs want constructive feedback that's not what they get a lot of times a lot of times what they get is is people that just are angry and upset and they just throw a lot of hate and vitriol and just terrible things at the devs and like that's not okay man like it's not okay to do that those are those are people those they have lives they have families they have uh, you know, their mental health is important. Their bodily health is important to them. Like, you know, you, you you have no right to treat them as less than human. And that's what a lot of people do, unfortunately, with game devs. It's like, 
And it's and it's dumb because these are the people that work on the thing that you're so upset about because you love it. These are the people that work on that. These are the people that make that a reality for you. And it's really just kind of messed up if someone's out there and just throwing tons of hate and 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 saying just horrible foul shit to them on on Twitter or in emails or just in general. Like that's it's wrong to do that. It's it's okay to give constructive feedback, but there is a difference. There is a line, you know. Like I can get upset at something and be very disappointed in something and give constructive feedback on it without harassing, without being you know, a piece of shit to somebody, you know, I know you feel the same way, yeah. DT, like that is, you oh, know, yeah, we've, sure. we've, we've given constructive feedback on this very show about things that we didn't like, you know, there are things that we don't yeah. like, obviously, but for the most part, we're not threatening or any, anybody, we're not harassing anybody, we're not being shit bags about it, we're just being yeah, you, honest you with our feelings on a thing, like, you don't have to be a piece of shit to like criticize things, you don't have to, you don't yeah. have to go after people. Like and yeah, I I I just I don't understand why people do that. Like, apparently, I was kind of like while you were while you were speaking, I was like looking in, into like what is going on. So like, it's just like people getting like you you were saying people just getting overly angry over like stuff that the game is like fucking up, you know, like audio issues and like bugs and from like hit detection and exploration and stuff and things like that, right? But. I just that still doesn't like I don't know man people like like you can say these things you, you can again give them feedback but don't be don't harass these people and be assholes about it man like it just it, it, if it's really bugging you that much go play something else man like yeah like wait wait for them to, to you know tell them you know tell them give them the feedback that they need wait for them to act on it and then go play something else in the meantime, man. There, there's so many. There's so many other things to 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 do with your time. You don't have to fucking yeah harass these devs for you know for this shit that like I mean it it, it doesn't it doesn't warrant it. You know, mm -hmm. it really doesn't warrant all the abuse that a lot of these people are 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 throwing their way. So another thing yeah, is like. We don't Go live in a perfect world, guys. Like, out there, if you're listening to this, nothing is ever going to go perfectly right. You know, a game is lines of code. Sometimes code just wigs the fuck out, right? It's just like, it's just the way it is. Bugs happen, you know? If it's one thing I've learned from dice making, it's like, sometimes a combination of some mica dust and resin will make shit not set right. Like... It's just life, you know, fucking nothing goes perfectly. And what people need to realize is that they need to look at themselves and remember how many times have you pulled something off perfectly? You know, how many times did you, you know, were you with somebody? The difference is like you're yelling at somebody. Did you have somebody over your shoulder yelling into your ear, harassing you or your family or whatever, saying all sorts of foul shit about how you fucked up, about how you're shitty and how, you know, that they hate you? And that you should go die in a fire or some sort of stupid, ridiculous things that get tweeted at the devs. The odds are no. And you need to remember, fucking life ain't perfect. And when you're creating something, there is no such thing as perfection. You know, you can strive for it. It's nice thing if you can try to get it, but it's impossible to have. And it's never going to happen like that. So, you guys, you really, if you're out there doing this stuff, man, just take a long, hard look at yourselves first. 
and remember that these are people that are working really hard. They're not trying to be, you know, they're trying to make something special for you and, and you're and you're just being a horrible human being to them. There's no reason to do that. There's no reason to do that. Take a break, take a step back and take a deep breath and really look at your life if that's how you're feeling because you may have some issues that you need to work out on your own instead, you know? Sometimes I have to take a step back and look at something like, you know what, I'm getting way too upset over this. There's something else on with me right now, you know? So <laughs> it's, you know... Nobody's perfect, and there's no reason to be, to be horrible to people. You know, just be a human being. Treat people with kindness. Give the constructive feedback. You know. All right. Any more to add on to that, DT? No, we can we can move on from another from one e from that EA thing to another one that's a much more uh, uh, fun or, or or yeah. So what I mean by that is Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond are coming to FIFA 23. So yes, Ted Lasso and his team from the show are going to be in FIFA 23. And I think this is really fucking cool. Really uh just a, just a really cool thing that they that they did. So um EA Sports announced that Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond are joining the FIFA 23 roster of teams. Uh, Lasso is joined on the sidelines by Coach Beard. Uh, and then also the players are going to have some of the, you know, you can have Jamie Tart, Roy Kent, Danny Rojas, Sam Bisanya, Isaac McAdoo. Uh, while the actors' likenesses are included on the product, EA Sports hasn't indicated if we'll be hearing Jamie Tart and Roy Kent's signature crowd chance. Uh, <laughs> regardless of that, you can play matches at AFC Richmond's home ground, Nelson Road, or even take control of Coach Lasso or AFC Richmond through career mode. AFC Richmond is also playable in kickoff, online friendlies, and online seasons. Uh, FIFA 23 Ultimate Team is also adding several AFC Richmond items, including kits, uh, and the option to select Ted Lasso or Coach, Be Coach Beard as your uh, foot club's manager. Uh, so that's pretty cool, man. After adding all this on the FIFA 23, it I have not gotten a FIFA game since FIFA 13, like 10 years ago. So I would, I honestly would love to have another like FIFA game again. And and this one, I mean, kind of cool to just take a AFC Richmond through like a, a career mode or whatever, you know. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Play as Ted Lasso and whatnot. That'd be kind of fun. So that's I cool. Even... I, I always, I always like the FIFA game. So yeah. Yeah, I've never played a FIFA game, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll pick this up. You know, Ted Lasso is fucking fantastic, and the fact that they're putting them in the game is so cool. And the fucking team, that's really cool. And it makes me kind of want to try it. You know, like even though I never play them, so I fucking might. I fucking yeah. might. You know, <laughs> they have a little trailer here if we want to check that out. Um, yeah, throw it up. Let's check her out. It's at the bottom of that article, I believe, DT. My, my cookies were wigging out, and it's like, you can't play this here. So I had to open the YouTube version, but it popped up down there after that. All right. Okay. Go for it, Josh. All right, let's go on three. Two, one, go. He doesn't do things conventionally, but then again, none of the great managers do. He's proven he belongs in the game. He 
didn't know a thing about football, but that didn't matter. He's someone you just can't help but root for. He knows how to block out the noise. He's a great manager and an even better man. And if you tell him I said that, I will brain you. There he is, it's the man. There he is. Fucking beard. <laughs> yeah, you sounded like the guy, Ted. Awesome. Nice. All right. That's exciting. <laughs> That's really cool, man. All right. Moving on from that, we have some D&D uh, &D tabletop news, or RPG news to talk about. We do. Uh, <clears throat> we have a little video here for, for the official trailer for One More Multiverse. They're Blades in the Dark. Uh, um, first game. Uh, so... Virtual tabletops can make playing RPGs even harder. One more multiverse wants to fix that. So kicking off a new tabletop role-playing game with a small group of friends is hard. Uh, getting six people to schedule to line up a bit, of course, which is always a chore. Learning a new game system requires study, and rolling up four, new, four to five new player characters takes time. Game developer One More Multiverse wants to help in introducing a set of tabletop tools to make playing with your friends online a lot easier. Um, there's a little video here that we can check out, Josh. The One More Multiverse, uh, plays in the dark official trailer. Yeah, let's, let's check a look. Talk about it here a little bit more. I have it up. Just let me know when you're ready. Three, two, one, go. Last night, I had the strangest dream. I dreamt that a veil fell over the earth, and the sun was lost forever. I dreamt that the dead walked among us, unable to leave, and the living sought shelter behind walls of lightning, trapped like rats in a barrel. I dreamt of chess pieces moving across a board of human bodies, a city of desperate souls fighting for every inch. The towers of White Crown still gleam as bright as a memory, and just as unreachable. I dream of their grand balls, nobles dancing in gleaming jewels. But when for a single moment the lights flicker, I can see clearly the demons hiding among them. When I awaken, I will move with the knowledge that there is a city beneath the city, like a face under a mask, or a blade in its sheath. I'm haunted by my friends, those brave idiots. 
A thousand schemes and not one of them went to plan. I thought we could make it. There was a time when we were still warm and safe and together. But I watched the blue coats kill our thief. I fled when the demons killed our gambler. I hid when the church killed our cutter. Everything is different now. These days, I don't feel like myself anymore. Their anger and bitterness boils under my skin. Demanding revenge. Reckoning. Lead, phosphor, and blood. They who slaughtered us will face our judgment. We belong to the city until the city belongs to us. Duskfall will be ours. There you have it. One more multiverse. <clears throat> That's fucking intense that, for a tabletop trailer. You know? <laughs> like, that, uh, that character customization stuff looks really cool, I have to say. Yeah, it's really nice. I've only looked into this a little bit. I'm, I, 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 I meant to look into it some more, but like since blades in the dark is always set in the same city like i think the idea is like they build up this platform that is very easy for dms or gms and players to get in there and just play without having to do a lot of prep work which is real yeah. nice like you can get in there and you can make your character and it uses pixel art and that's that's fucking dope that's awesome, man yeah. like it's really cool i definitely want to check it out more they have a demo. I want to fucking mess with the demo later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks really cool, man. Uh, One More Multiverse is currently in beta. Pre-orders pre -orders for its Blade in the Dark game are available now with the full release schedules for October 13th. Um, so, yeah, if you uh, look down there, you can uh, click on the little page and... They say that it's uh thirty four percent off twenty bucks. Hell yeah! So pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. But yeah, they, yeah they, cool. you can you can also find the demo there too. So for those of you wondering, um, but yeah, awesome, very very cool. <clears throat> um. Moving on from that, uh, Oxen Free Lost Signals or Oxen Free Two Lost Signals has been delayed to 2023. Night School Studio has delayed Oxen Free Two Lost Signals, originally set to release this year. Oxen Free Two will now debut sometime in 2023. The team didn't mention a specific window, however, so as for when in 2023, there remains unknown. It'll just be a month or two into the new year, or six months into the new year. Only time will tell. As for why. Night School Studio says it needs more time to make the sequel truly special and to add more localizations. Uh, they released a full statement which reads, We owe it to our amazing community to make Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals the best game it can possibly be. Seeing your fan art, reading your excited comments, and connecting with you feels our ambition to make this our best game yet. To make Oxenfree 2 truly special and add more localizations, we're moving our release window to 2023. Thank you for your patience, support, and understanding. We can't wait to share the game with you. Stay tuned. 
it'll be releasing in or on PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC sometime next year. Um, so there you go. I played the first game and I thought it was kind of neat, so I'll probably end up checking this one out um, eventually. Mm-hmm. As well, when it comes out. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that this, that this game was supposed to come out this year. To be honest, or what? Like it, originally it was before it got pushed back. Yeah, I never even played the first one. I have it. I think I got it in like a giveaway, a game giveaway, and I never uh, yeah played it. That's how I got it too. I, I I forget where. I think it was maybe like an epic one or something like that. I forget where. I think I think I got mine from Gog. I think that's where it was at. Ah, yeah, yeah, that could be it too. I believe. Um, but yeah. EA or EA E3. We've talked a lot about EA. E3 2023 dates have been announced. It will have separate industry and public days. So, yep. E3 2023 is happening. It's coming back next year. It's going to be in the LA Convention Center from Tuesday, June 13th through Friday, June 16th. Uh, digital presentations such as the annual press conferences held by the first and third party publishers take place a couple of days before, beginning June 11th uh the esa also states that the show will feature separate admission days for industry professionals and the general public e3 business days designated for developers publishers press and media will take place on june 13th to 15th media registration opens up in december june 15th to 16th will host e3 gamer days where fans will be admitted to the show floor there is no day for the public registration at this time since E3 first opened its doors to fans in 2017. Uh, professionals and the public have largely intermingled for the entirety of the show, which has caused issues in terms of crowd traffic. E3 adopting the same dividing format as uh, as events such as to- the Tokyo Game Show should alleviate that problem. Um, and as we talked about before in the past, um, Reed Pop will be uh, the organizer for. E3 uh, 2023. Um, so, yeah. There you have it. They're separating that, the that's days. That's cool. And I think it's good that they're doing separate days because I know a lot of the the prof- the professionals, like, they do a lot of business during those, 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 uh, during those days, and it's really hard to get things done when it's, you got to go from place to place, and there's just people everywhere. So I think it's a good idea yeah. that they're splitting them, splitting them up. You know, the public can still go in and, and do stuff uh, on the 15th and 16th, and then the rest of it is all the business. I think that's cool compromise. So I wonder how yeah. people react. I'm, I'm really curious to how E3 will be, because the last two years have been <laughs> a little weird. It's, yeah, that last few years have definitely been rough. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Okay, so the next thing, or the last thing I have here, unless you got anything else, Josh, but the last thing I got here is that uh, apparently, according to Tom Henderson, who's a gaming insider, uh, he says that uh, sources have suggested that entertainment giant Disney wants a new Star Wars video game released every six months. It's understood that Disney wants one major AAA title and one smaller game per fiscal year, which is something 
Lucasfilm is set to deliver on. The ramp-up in video game development for Star Wars games comes after EA lost its exclusivity access to the franchise. So far, eight Star Wars titles have been announced to be in development, many of which do not have a scheduled release date. Uh, the ones that are currently in development, uh, so we have a list here. We have Amy Henning's game, uh, the Skydance Media one. We have an untitled FPS from Respawn Entertainment. The open world game from Ubisoft Massive. Star Wars Eclipse from Quantic Dream. The Knights of the Republic remake from Saber Interactive. Uh, Jedi Survivor, Respawn Entertainment. Star Wars Hunters, Zynga. And then the untitled strategy game from Respawn Entertainment. So these eight games are the only titles that have been announced, with sources suggesting that there are several more in pre-development. Some of the already eight announced titles are believed to be sometime away from at least two, in fact. Some of these titles are believed to be at least four years away. Quantic Dreams Star Wars Eclipse seems to be one such title, which sources citing that the game will be a development nightmare for the studio. Issues mainly stem from Quantic Dream's engine, which is apparently inadequate for such a large-scale project. Such problems have led sources to believe that Eclipse probably won't release until at least 2026. An obvious choice for a not-yet-announced project would be a Mandalorian game, which was teased last year by uh, Xbox-era's Nick Shipreshel, who has since removed his tweet. And apparently, he's heard rumors of a Mandalorian game behind the scenes for a while now. So far, these rumors seem to stem from a speculation uh, due to the success of the series. Uh, other smaller titles will likely be aimed at the mobile market or smaller games like Star Wars Squadrons by Motive Studios. Whatever the future holds for Star Wars, one thing is clear is going to be a lot of games. So, after hearing this, Josh, what do you think, man? Every, uh... <clears throat> well, actually, so before I even say that, or before I even. So, obviously, we know that 2023, this upcoming year, is the year that EA loses its 10-year contract. So, the exclusivity with EA is done, basically. After, finally, after these past 10, you know, the dark years. Times. Yeah, which, which, I, which I don't want to say. I was going to say it's miserable not. years, but they, but they haven't been. No, they haven't been that bad. Listen, I've enjoyed the games that they did put out. I liked, I just wish there was more and more variety because like, I don't, I don't know why it all, it's, I, I need to find out who thought it was a good idea back in the day in 2012 when, when, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, I want to know who was the smart ass, who, whose bright idea it was to not only disband LucasArts, by the way, which I think is a stupid choice from the beginning. But not only disband LucasArts, but then on top of that, give fucking a 10-year exclusive contract to EA. Like, why? Who, who, who thought it was a good idea to, make, to give EA exclusive rights to Star Wars games for 10 years? For 10 years. Finally, we're at the end of that. But man, there's so much missed opportunity and missed time. We could have had so many cooler star wars games by now if that didn't happen they're looking yeah. to rectify that now obviously with this you know information and all these games they, they, the they stole 10 years of my gaming life if you think about it for real I that's yeah, 10 years of star wars games that i didn't get to have that i could have <laughs> we were we were denied yeah 
It's funny to think about. Um, That's true, though. You're totally right. Like, 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 come on, dude. Like, really? Like, like, we just we're not gonna. We just we we didn't get anything. Well, I don't want to say anything, but we 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 didn't get as much as we could have gotten because of mm-hmm. this exclusivity stuff, you know. And then the other thing, before I let you share your thoughts, I want to continue with mine no, because man. I had something to say about this Quantic Dream stuff. So the, they say that Quantic Dreams Star Wars Eclipse is is gonna is a development nightmare because their engine, which is apparently a piece of shit, is inadequate for such a large scale project. Why the fuck didn't they talk about this beforehand? Why wouldn't you like when you're talking to them about making a Star Wars game? Why why wouldn't you be like, yo, do you know what you're doing here? Or like, are you like, are you gonna be? Are your, are your ambitions too high for this? Because like, why are you announcing a game? Which by the way, I thought the announcement trailer was very cool. Josh and I reacted to it for the Game Awards um, last year. I believe it was last year, was it? I think it was. Anyway. I think it was. So we, the trailer looked awesome, but but why are you like? And then like, there's the problems that Quantum Dream already has with David Cage and stuff. Like, why wouldn't you guys, like, I don't I don't understand this. Like, development issues. The engine isn't good enough for such a high, large scale project. You announce the game. Like if, if, if this article, you know, or these rumors are, 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 are like accurate five, five years before the game comes out, like what is going on, dude? Like I, I just, man, I, that shit boggles my mind. But anyway, I just wanted to touch briefly on the, on the quantum dream stuff. Cause that shit's, I'm the trailer looks cool, but all these behind the scenes problems that we've heard about are, are, are just like, I don't understand why they didn't talk about this beforehand but anyway josh your thoughts on on disney wanting a new star wars game every six months i think a new game every six months is dope like it gives us two games a year um that's a lot a lot of star wars plus you know there might be little things in between there may be more there may be less we'll see um uh what i like to see is the variety of companies that are uh, are being used like it's not just we're just with this one group now. No, but it's the love has kind of been spread around a bit with Star Wars, which is what DT and I have wanted for like ten years. It's the fucking exclusive exclusivity I hope, thing. I hope I hope now that EA's contract is over, they've learned their lesson about fucking exclusivity shit. Like you need to. Uh, Josh said it. We lost 10, 10, 10 years of our gaming lives to not having as many Star Wars games as we could have had, mm-hmm. and not as much variety. Because again. I enjoyed the stuff that we had, but two battlefronts, Fallen Order, and Squadrons is not enough, dude. Like they should have done way more than that. Agreed. Um, and and what I was gonna ask you, DT, because uh, I have a choice, but I was curious. And is there a gaming company out there that you want to see make a Star Wars game? Is there anybody that springs to your mind that's like, I want you to do a Star Wars game. I want this company. I want them to do it because we're. We're getting a game every six months, or that's the plan, every six months. They're not yeah. all going to be sequels. They're going to be uh, uh, new companies, I hope, brought in to to make new Star Wars games. Is there one in particular that you would like to see do a Star Wars game? Because I can tell you, I have two companies in mind for me. 
Okay, well, you go ahead and, and tell us yours first, Josh. Okay, so my my two choices are um, Alcat Games, who does who do the Pathfinder uh, CRPG games. I would love a CRPG Star Wars game. I would lose my fucking mind if that is true. And it's going to be another CRPG developer, but Larian Studios. I would love to see Larian ah. Studios do a Star Wars game if they if they want the to. Divinity obviously, people, right? yeah, the yeah. Divinity Original Sin two guys. And, and and the Baldur's did, Gate three uh, guys that, that's yep. coming, uh, so I I would love that style of Star Wars game. I feel like it fits in there very well. It'd be top down. It'd be like it'd be like all the Star Wars miniature board games that we have, and there are tons of them out there, you know, um, that are that are turn based and, and could build a good story around it. And it'd be a cool universe to have. Like Alcat's already doing a, a Warhammer. 40k game that's kind of spacey and star not star warsy but space space uh, <laughs> space fascist game um, mm -hmm. um i think that would be really cool and i would love to see that i would also love um i'd love a star wars horror game you know like i don't know that who i'd get really to cool. make it but I would love to have one. <laughs> I, I would love to have like a like a Back for Blood, Left for Dead style, like Star Wars horror game, like mm -hmm. kind of like that. But then also like even more than that, like you could do like Dead Space or like uh, you know Callisto Project kind of kind of Star Wars game too, man. That that would be like something a little bit more spooky. That'd be kind of cool too. Yeah, like, exactly. Dude, Star Wars horror exists. Like, there's been like some vampire stories there's been zombie stories with the with the death troopers novel and like shit if you play battlefront 2 fucking ewok hunt is terrifying dude if you're a stormtrooper i mean this star wars horror is something that really hasn't been uh explored as much but you could if you could definitely do it man i, I if you gave me enough time i could probably brainstorm something that is really cool like for mm -hmm. star wars uh, horror and Star Wars has a lot of creatures and animals and 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 just you know things that you may not necessarily think they're horror, but they could be horror um, or used in a way for horror stuff. So yeah, man, I I, would, I definitely would love to see something like that for sure. Um, now to answer your question of like who I would want to see is Star Wars uh, do a Star Wars game. Um, if you would have asked me like 10 years ago, I would have been like Rockstar. Yeah. Um, because I love Red Dead Redemption and GTA and that kind of stuff. So like a kind of game like, like that would have been kind of interesting. But nowadays it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, I find it being like a bit of a tougher question. Cause it's like, well, there's all these cool games, but I'm like, it, it, they're cool because like, they're the specific individual things and I don't necessarily want them like, I don't know how well they would work in the Star Wars um thing. Yeah. But one studio that does come to mind that I would love to see is fucking uh C D Project Red. Uh Cyberpunk yeah. Witcher dudes. That would that if they did a Star Wars game, that would be fucking awesome. I would be really down for that. So that's one that definitely I'm like, yes, I would love to see them do something. Also I would like to see kind of like, you know, it would be fun, like a Star Wars survival game, like, like maybe like, uh, I know we've kind of talked about this in the past, but maybe like No Man's Sky, but Star Wars version or oh, like, or you combine that with like, I don't know, like 
a, a really cool game. Like if I if I had the, this isn't really like one necessarily one necessarily a, a studio or anything, but it's like amalgamation or a combination of a few of them. Uh, is if I could come up with a game, I would take like the best elements of all these different survivor games, like Seven Days to Die, Conan Exiles, Ark, you know, all of the Forest, all No Man's Sky, all these survivor games, right? And I would take the best elements from them. And then combine them together to make like a Star Wars survival. Because I feel I feel like that would be kind of interesting, you know, like a like a survival Star Wars game. Like it, it, I don't know, it'd be kind of neat how it would even happen. But it would. I feel like it, it could be fun, you know. If, oh if man, done right. We're all Ewoks. We're on Endor. We're trying to survive. We got to build up <laughs> our little village. We gotta we gotta fight the Empire with our little sticks and stones. That'd be cool. We get to design that our own Ewok good. guy. I'm on. I'm in favor of that game. <laughs> Let's go. It'd be hey man. It'd be cool. Like like I said, you take the best things from from survival games. Like you pick and you cherry you know cherry pick things from the best ones, and you put it together. Put a Star Wars on it, and it'd be pretty cool. No, we're all Wookiees, yeah. and we're trying to survive in the Shadowlands. Like that would be terrible. That would be fucking. That'd be awesome, dude. That'd be awesome. Talking about horror games. That could be a That's horror. That's a game horror too, game. Man. Yeah, straight up. Anyway, we have plenty of ideas for Star Wars games. So Lucasfilm, and uh, and if you're out there, you know, hit us up because we got we got some ideas. I know I got some ideas. Shit, I would love, dude. This is just bringing back an old game. But if they could update Galactic Battlegrounds and add like shit oh. from the new, from the new, oh like, my god, dude. Like everything after everything after episode three and on, like that'd be amazing. Cause the original Galactic Battlegrounds stopped with episode two because the episode two had the expansion. And then they never, you know, everything else is like not in the game unless you do mods. So I would just bring that back, you know, have have a little Star Wars RTS like that. But anyway, we have a lot of ideas for Star Wars games, so we do. Uh, we could yeah. we could do several podcasts on it, not just one. We're trying for to fit sure, it in the for segment. sure. We so. should uh we should definitely. That's what we should. We should. Do. You know, we should make an app. Well, we should move on. But also, now that <laughs> you know, like we were just talking about EA losing exclusivity this upcoming year, next year, or within the next couple months or whatever, we should make an a, an episode on, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars games we would like to see. Now that it's, now that it's more of a possibility for it to happen, you know. Yeah. So that'd be that'd be fun. And also, you know, we manifest up, so it'd be nice if we could manifest it's true. some of these games too. That'd be cool. Right. Anyway, we'll move on. We're magic. That's the end. That's the end of the game of news. All right. Uh, we got t- we got a couple of TV stuff to go over real quick. Let's pop over our TV news, y'all. All right. So we got a couple of trailers and a couple a uh, little bit of news here. So Netflix had their to dumb event and they dropped some things. So we're gonna go ahead and watch some stuff from that. Uh, so the first thing we have here is. A trailer for the Redeem Team, which, uh, for those of you who are unaware, the Redeem Team was the 2008 U.S. Men's Olympic Basketball Team. Um, so I don't want to. I would explain the backstory about why they're called that and stuff, but I'll let the trailer do the work because I think the trailer does that. So this is a ba- again Olympic Men's Basketball, the U.S. Let's check it out. Three, two. One, go. A U.S. squad with NBA players lost for the first time ever in the Olympics. 
It was ugly to watch. It was terrible to be a part of. And he kicked our ass. We came to the notion, just because we're Americans, we're better. We was just thrown together and said, go out there and win us a gold medal. Everybody's like, we can never have this feeling ever again. And we had to figure out how to become a team. I was nervous. A lot of them were not known as great team players. I had a lot of concerns. That's why we recruited Kobe Bryant. If you follow basketball, then you know the nickname of this year's squad, the Redeem Team. The Redeem Team. The Redeem Team. They think they were a bunch of showboat players. He's going to do the dirty work to win. I was young, but I understood what it meant to build chemistry. Because if that didn't work, there's no way in hell none of this was going to work. Cole said, I'm tired of watching y'all lose. I'm like, I love this energy. This is what we need. <laughs> now let me give you what you came for. This is everything that we always dreamed of. We had a lot of things that we needed to show the world, and it wasn't just basketball. I think it just reset the standard. It's one of the greatest games probably ever played. It's a shot at redemption. best looking one out of the crew. So, you know, they like my bodyguards, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
And then, yeah, they, then they also lost to Lithuania and Argentina. So basically, this team was like probably the worst Olympic men's like basketball team since they since they allowed NBA players to to be a part of uh, you know the, the competition. But yeah, I think Ar- Ar- Argentina ended up winning the Olympics that year. Um, so then obviously for 2008, they're like, yo, we gotta we gotta run a we got to switch things up here, man. So the 2008 squad was called the Redeem Team. They brought in uh, Coach K, who was the coach from Duke. They brought in Kobe. They brought in all these other vets to come in and, 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 and your NBA vets to come in and, and kind of flip it around. And, and honestly, the 2008 Redeem Team is my favorite, my personal favorite uh, U.S. men's basketball Olympic squad. It's... Uh, I just have such f- fond memories of that team. There was a lot of like great players that I enjoyed watching from that team. And obviously as those of you as those of you who know me, you know that that Kobe was was my favorite player as well, so just him being in that squad with with everybody else was that team was awesome, man. I remember watching the Olympics like back in 08 for that team, and we were just dogging the shit out of teams, man. It was it was fun times. It was fun, fun times. So I will definitely be checking this out. Like I said, made by the same team that did the uh, Last Dance over at Netflix. Check that one out if you haven't already. It's about the Michael Jordan uh, Chicago Bulls in the last uh, few years of their run. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I can't wait. Yeah, the trailer looked great. Um, so and it's made by good people. So it's it, it'll be really cool to check out, I think. I was... Yeah, I was gonna say like as somebody who's like nine to as basketball, Josh. Like, like what? What the? You know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, you know what's funny is like, I'm not into basketball, really, but I like. <laughs> it's gonna sound funny. I like sports movies, and and the trailer sells me on things a lot of the times, right? The trailer for this is. It's all about redemption. It's all about doing better. It's all about working together. The music's good. It's everything's coming together. We're going to show how fucking badass we are. That's what sells me on it. That's what gets me into it. Not necessarily the sport, but it makes me want to check it out more. You know, that makes sense. like, yeah. Um, and that's kind of like, I feel like the job of the trailer is supposed to do. It's supposed to get me into it. I love sports movies. Watch them all the time. I've seen Rocky a billion times. I'll watch any fucking boxing. I'll watch any fucking football, baseball. A basketball I'll watch any of the fucking like sports movies now this isn't a movie obviously it's a doc yeah. but I, I still get into fucking it's made like a movie you know <laughs> like it's footage have it's, you, it's edited together <laughs> have you seen The Last Dance or no? I haven't it's on my fucking oh, list dude, I'm going should, to check it out <laughs> you should you should throw it up when you're like in the workshop or something man because dude that documentary is fucking awesome and i'd be really yeah, curious to hear to. your thoughts on that one for sure i need to i need to throw it up when i'm doing the fucking workshop stuff <clears throat> all right but yeah i'm excited for that can't wait to watch it um i will definitely be uh be giving that a go um that comes out also i didn't say the release date but it's coming out on the 7th of october so coming up here uh within the next week all right, casting news. I haven't started the show yet, but season four of True Detective adds five to the cast. So we're going to be adding uh, John Hawks, Christopher Eccleston, Fiona Shaw, Finn Bennett, and Anna Lamb. 
for season four of the crime drama anthology, uh, which is currently in pre-production. Jodie Foster and Kali Race have already been announced. Uh, the, the upcoming season called Night Country. Uh, and the last season of True Detective aired in 2019, which that's kind of crazy, man. Like it's been three years since season three. Um, I, this is a show that I need to start so I can watch it. I've heard good, great things about season one. I heard season three was also good. Season two, not so much, but I gotta check it out because I keep hearing good things. So hopefully season four is also good. Uh, the casting here seems pretty, uh, pretty interesting and solid. So yeah, very cool. Definitely a show I need to start. Uh, continuing on with some of the Netflix to them news, we have the uh, season three of The Witcher and the Blood Origin spinoff have uh, release dates. So, uh, The Witcher Blood Origin will debut on December twenty fifth, and season three of the the main Witcher show will follow in the summer of twenty twenty three. So, if you guys are wondering when. Uh, that is going to be dropping. That's when. Uh, the last season came out in December of 2021. And they also had announced Blood Origin was going to be coming. And they did like a... I think it was like an anime uh, movie that, that I uh, watched as well. Um, but yeah, not much is known about season three of The Witcher, but it'll obviously continue the story. Uh, joining the cast are Robbie Amell, uh, Minger Zong, Hugh Skinner, and Christelle Elwin. Uh, set in the elven world a thousand two hundred years before the events of The Witcher, the prequel Blood Origin will tell a story lost to time, including the creation of the first prototype Witcher, the events that led to the pivotal conjunction of the spheres. Where the worlds of monsters, men, and elves merged to become And that series will be starring Michelle Yeoh as Sion, or Skyen, uh, the last member of a nomadic tribe of sword elves on a mission to retrieve a blade stolen from her people. So, there you go. A little bit of, a little bit of Witcher news for, uh, from the Netflix and that. Interesting stuff. Uh, the last thing I have here for the TV news is we got earlier today a teaser, the official teaser for The Last of Us coming to us from HBO. Um, so let's check this out. I haven't seen it yet because I was thinking about reacting to it, but I'm like, you know what? I'll just save it for the podcast. That's fine. Yeah. So let's do it. Three, two, one. Let's go. Frosted my door The birds in the morning Don't sing anymore The grass in the valley Is starting to die And out in the darkness The whippoorwills cry The darkness is falling The sky has turned gray The hound in the distance Is starting to fade Oh, it's a clicker. 
I know that sound. There you go. 2023. So as somebody who's played the game, I can see where certain parts of the game ha happen in this little teaser, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, there's also some people that I don't like, I don't recognize. Like, I don't know who that's supposed to be or whatever, but that just may just be the casting and the actor, you know, but they're probably mm -hmm. somebody. And there are others where I definitely can tell like fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the dude who plays Ron Swanson, his real name? Oh, I don't remember. I can't think of his name. But he's in this trailer, and he and he's gonna be Bill, so I recognize him right away. And then obviously you got uh, Riley, who's played I think in this by Storm Reed. I think I saw her for like a brief moment, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it looks pretty cool. I um, I like the Last of Us game. I'm not the biggest like I don't like you know, cream my pants over it like everybody else in the world does, but it's definitely a good game. Uh, I'm curious to see how. This uh, video game adapt adaptation is gonna go, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh, it looks good. I, I didn't even realize that today was also the Last of Us Day. Um, but yeah, that looks that looks cool. So we'll definitely yeah. be checking that out next year when it comes out. And uh, yeah, we shall see. We'll probably we talk see. about it on the show. I imagine. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. For sure, but that is uh yeah I don't know, um, <clears throat> depending on if Josh plays the game by then or not, it'll be interesting to see if we have somebody like we have two perspectives of it, like because as as it stands as of right now, I've played through it, you haven't, so I wonder like would it be interesting if we both like played the game and then see the show and then share our thoughts and what we think about it, or if we do it like. I played it and then you haven't played it, so we kind of have both points of view. I kind of, I kind of don't want to play it, so we can have the both points, and then I want to play it after, you know, and yeah. then just be like, okay, let's, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. Like, I already know how the game opens. I did play a little bit of it, you know. I got to a point where you're hanging upside down with a pistol, and that was when I quit ah, the game because the yeah, fucking controls yeah, yeah. were bullshit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was like, so, so and that's okay, when I was so you like, also, done. I've seen yeah, the so you also. I know how all that yeah. happens. So you recognize some of the stuff in that trailer when like yes. she's blown up. And yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I definitely recognized the opening. Which is trailer. which is the beginning of the game where you're like, you got the Joel and his daughter running away from the world going to shit and everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely cool. Yeah, it's cool. Not, like. I, even as like a not a Last of Us fan currently, like it's cool that a fucking video game's getting made into a series and it has a fucking great cast and it's probably gonna be a goddamn yeah. hit. Like that's pretty cool. I hope it opens the doors for more. 
I saw a comment from a Game of Thrones fan being like, "Oh, we're gonna have a story about Liana Mormont and Oberyn Martell," you know, because both of those, <laughs> both of them were, you know, both Ellie and, and Joel in this were were in Game of Thrones. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, we can move on to um the movie news because that is all we got for TV. All right, let's hit the movie news. Yes, sir. All right. Let me know when you're good to go. Oh, I'm good, my friend. All right, I was cool. prepped. <laughs> so we got a few things here to talk about. But let's start off with the trailer. I'm putting this one in here because we didn't watch it a couple weeks back when it first dropped, but we're going to watch it now. So let's check it out. Uh, you've seen uh, you've seen Knives Out, right? I forget if you yes, know, but I think you I have. have. Okay, yeah, cool. All right. So this is the sequel, Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Uh, official teaser trailer. Let's check it out. Three. I actually haven't seen this. I don't know if you have or not, but I haven't. I have not. Um, three, two, one. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen. Your boy Dave Batista. Yep. You expected the mystery. I think that was your girl Kate Hudson too. It is, it is. I dated a girl that looked like Kate Hudson. You guys look at me and it's like Josh, you're lying. <laughs> totally not lying. Dated a girl that looked just like her. Fucking Bautista. This is not a game. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Love Ed Norton. Will you explain it to us then, Detective? start dude ed norton's eyes are like piercing <laughs> all right <clears throat> there you go cool that looks that looks cool i like the the first knives yeah, it looks uh looks looks interesting um the cast is cool. I love me some Jessica Henwick. Mm -hmm. um, and and everybody else looks pretty neat. Uh, yeah. So. Cast is actually kind of crazy when you think about it. It's got Daniel Craig, Ed yeah. Norton, fucking Catherine Hahn, Jessica Henwick, Kate Hudson, yeah. Batista. Like, that's a pretty... And that's even... The, like, those are just the big names that I recognize personally. Yeah, it's a, it's a beefy... Uh, pretty beefy cast, man. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, that looks that looks neat. Um. Next thing we got here is we got some news about a Cloverfield sequel in the works. So, ha have you seen the original Cloverfield, Josh, or any of the Cloverfields for that matter? No. Mm -mm. I I know what they are, but I haven't seen them. Okay. 
Well, what they are is they're all fucking different from one another because each fucking <laughs> yeah, exactly. movie is so different from the one before it. I actually really like the first one. Uh, it came out in 2008. It was like a found footage monster movie kind of deal. Um, really cool. I thought that was a really neat idea back in the day. 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is completely different, was a sequel from that. That one I thought was really good also. Had Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, what's his name? Uh, um, John Goodman. Um, really, really cool movie. Uh, I thought that one was really good. Cloverfield Paradox, on the other hand, I thought was an absolute theming pile of fucking elephant shit. That movie <laughs> sucks, dude. Which is insane when you look at the cast, because you're like, man, this cast is great. And then you watch the movie, and you're like, this is a piece of shit, dude. Um, so I'm very curious to see what, what you know, what this next is going to be. But Paramount Pictures and Bad Robots, J.J. Abrams, are behind the franchise uh, pick based on the screenplay by Joe Barton. Uh, Babak Anvari attached to re- direct the next movie. Um, the British-Iranian director followed up his debut feature Under the Shadow with Wounds, a psychological horror film starring Army Hammer. Um, the Abrams-produced horror hit Cloverfield was released in 2008 and launched filmmaker Matt Reeves in the path of genre auteur. Yeah, so yeah, I forgot that Matt Reeves did that movie. Yeah, he's that movie's, that movie's great. Um, <clears throat> uh, Reeves is involved as an executive producer. Uh, the original Cloverfield was shot in the then-popular found footage style to reflect the growing ubiquity of video cameras. It followed a group of 20-something New Yorkers as they navigate the city during an attack by a giant monster. Uh, the movie was made under the radar and used a viral marketing campaign to tease out interest. Uh, the original movie was made for $25 million and earned an opening weekend of $40 million and eventually went to gross $172 million worldwide. Since then, there's been the Cloverfield, or, or, Cloverfield Lane in 2016 and the Cloverfield Paradox in 2018, like I mentioned earlier. So. Interesting. I wonder what they're, uh, you know, what the hell they're gonna do with this next one because they've all been different. So I don't know if they're gonna go more for like the first movie, more for like Ten Cloverfield Lane, or hopefully not like fucking Cloverfield Paradox because that movie sucks. But I don't know, man. We'll uh, we'll see. I I am intrigued though because again, I do like the first two ones. So we'll see. They're just all different. That I'm just like I don't know what they're gonna do. You know. But yeah, maybe we should watch that that first one. I'd be curious to hear what your or, or maybe the first two. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on them, Josh. For you know, maybe the upcoming we could, we could. the upcoming uh, movie nights here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're fixing to have uh, Halloween is going to be our horror movie nights, so we'll be watching a lot of scary stuff and unsettling things type movies. So that'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have some. Uh, interesting behind-the-scenes footage shared from Leslie Grace uh, from the Batwoman, or Batgirl, sorry, Batgirl uh, movie that was canceled. She has a little, uh, what is this, like a little tick, TikTok or some little video. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, a little TikTok showing uh, uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um I want to play that really quickly. It's really short. Check yeah, it out. Yeah, I'm trying to. Three. Oh. I'm trying to get it up. Hang on. It's being a little funky. I gotcha. Let's see if I can do it like this. All right, that works. All right. 
Okay, three, two, one, the delay. Her training and her like her outfit and makeup and just all the behind the scenes stuff she was doing for the movie that we are not gonna get to see. There's some interesting stuff in that if you like pause it and look at it for a little bit. Like in that last shot, there looks like some like almost like the penguin like or the penguin esque. Yeah. When she's like in full suit. I don't know. This is this is neat, like seeing stuff that you know we're obviously not gonna get to see. Anymore. I can't imagine um, working so hard on a movie and then it just not coming out. Like that just seems so fucked. You know, like yeah. they worked so hard on that. <laughs> like, man, that sucks. Crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah, that that is actually real, real nuts. But I guess that's you know that's what you get. That's sometimes what happens when you when you're when you're in the industry making movies and shit, right? Like some stuff, some stuff you make is is gonna make it some of it is not some stuff you're gonna have a great time making but it's not gonna do as well but you still had a good time making it like you know it's just just the way it is man mm-hmm. anyway it was just cool seeing a little behind the scenes stuff from that yeah. um <clears throat> next up we have some uh interesting uh news um that honestly like i you know is is like a big deal to a lot of people right now which it is but like, we already knew this. What I mean is, James Earl Jones has signed over rights to voice to the voice of Darth Vader, signaling retirement from the legendary role. So, um, after almost, like, 50 years of, of playing Vader, right? Like, 40-something years. Um... He is uh, gonna be stepping down from continuing to voice the character, but ninety-one, the ninety-one-year-old actor has signed over rights to his voice to filmmakers using new AI technology. Matt Wood of Lucasfilm told the uh, told Vanity Fair that the actor wished to keep Vader alive. He mentioned he was looking into winding down this particular character. Uh, Matthew Wood told Vanity Fair. So how do we move forward? Uh, um. <clears throat> They, so in other words, they use the same technology that they did for Luke and the Mandalorian with Mark Hamill for his voice and and Mandalorian and Book of Boba. And they, we already saw them do this with Vader in the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like when you watch that series and you watch Rogue One, it's very, very clear that he sounds a lot younger in Obi-Wan Kenobi than he does in Rogue One. And you're like, how does that make sense when Rogue One came out before? Well, it makes total sense when you know that they have this voice technology now that they that they have. So they can do these things. And honestly, it sounded great. And he signed up for it. Or he signed his he signed it away. So I'm honestly I'm I'm glad for him to to you know get paid whatever he yeah. got paid. I imagine and, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yo, I want to keep Vader alive because, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm 91. So, and I'm done. I want, I don't want to do this anymore, man. Like, I'm old, dude. I want to rest and chill. And 
yeah. bunch of movies. So, so you know, we we got to keep Vader alive though, so you guys can keep using my voice for him and the future stuff. But, but I'm done. You know, give me my bag and I'm out of here. So I think that was really cool. I, I honestly, I'd rather I I, I wouldn't hear like he he is Vader to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't like anytime I hear somebody else, I know that it's just like a. I don't want to call him an imposter because that's that's a bit harsh, but like they're just it's just not him, you know? Like you, you mm-hmm. I I know it every time I hear and there and to be fair, there have been other like voice actors or actors who have done the voice that haven't sounded as bad. But like you still know it's not James Earl Jones. So for me, he's always gonna be Vader. And as and and now with this, he will always be Vader, hopefully. Um so I'm 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 up for it. I'm down for it. I'm 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 very. I think it's really cool that he did this, and you know, um, yeah, just you know, uh, get to celebrate his, you know, uh, voicing this character for like almost like half his life now, pretty much. Uh, you know, we're gonna continue hearing it over and over for many years to come, hopefully. So, um, yeah, that's uh. I think I think this is this is awesome. Yeah, it's and good. like I said, it's... we've we've already heard it in Obi Wan, so it's like not like it doesn't. It's not like people can be wondering if it's gonna sound good or not because we've already heard it. It's an Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear what it sounds like, so check it out. The boy, the man hey. got paid. It's it's a role that will be for every mortal, and uh, he wants to wind down. He's fine with it. They made a deal. It's all good. It's all good. All oh, happiness. Yeah. The, honestly, the best possible scenario that could have come from this. In my yeah. Opinion. Like, it's, it's great. <laughs> my children's children will be facing Vader in some in, <laughs> in the in the PS10 era video games. Oh, I God, guess. the PS10. <laughs> All right. All right. We got one last thing here. And this is talking about uh, it's uh, Kevin Feige talking about not recasting T'Challa for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And uh, the world is still processing the loss of Chad, he said, of the untimely death of Chadwick Boseman. So he had an interview with Empire. And uh, Kevin Feige said that Boseman needed to be honored, not replaced in Ryan Coogler's follow-up. So he says it felt it just felt like it was too much too soon, too much too soon to recast. Stanley always said that Marvel represents the world outside your window. And we had talked about how as extraordinarily uh, as extraordinary and fantastical as our characters and stories are, there's a relatable human element to everything we do. The world is still processing the loss of Chad, and Ryan poured that into the story. Uh, Kevin Feige told Empire. Stanley and Jack Kirby created the character in 1966. And Bozeman passed away from colon cancer in August of 2020. And Marvel and the filmmakers were forced to reconceive on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The conversations were entirely about, yes, what do we do next? And how, do, and how could the legacy of Chadwick and what he had done to help Wakanda and the Black Panther become these incredible, aspirational, iconic ideas continue? That's what it was all about, Feige said. Um. So yeah, those are his. Uh, those are his. Those are his. His. Uh, 
thoughts and 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 words on uh on the on, on that whole situation which honestly i mean i think it makes sense like mm-hmm. i could see them recasting him eventually with all the um especially now that we're in the multiverse saga you could just get somebody else and be like oh he's the black panther from this you know uh universe which to be honest like never mind the fact that chadwick boseman passed away because obviously that is sad and tragic and you know it's you know it it took everybody for surprise you know and and everybody misses him and all that stuff and it's Mm -hmm. such a terrible loss but the fact that we also lost the character of t'challa is a shame too for the for the mcu because he's such a big character in the marvel stuff that it's it's like really really a shame that we lost that character because i really i remember like after the first black panther movie came out i was like man i'm excited to see t'challa go up against namor eventually when that happens right because they're enemy you know they're in the comics that happens and stuff and and i wanted to see that in the mcu and now do we just you know the movie's coming out and obviously there is no t'challa for this movie um because they didn't recast him and, and chadwick is no longer here so that's a shame but I, I could see them eventually with, like I said, with the multiverse stuff, I could see them recasting the character of T'Challa because, you know, like I said, all you got to do is be like, oh, he's the T'Challa from this, you know, universe or whatever, and, and mm-hmm. they can make it work. Um, which, you know, helps them uh, continue the, the story of T'Challa and, and, and makes it easier on them because of the multiverse stuff. Because if it was in another universe thing, then it would be tougher. But at the same time, it's not like they haven't already recast actors without saying anything. Like Don Cheadle is Rhodey and fucking Mark Ruffalo is as Bruce Banner. Like they just they were just recast with nobody saying anything, you know. So yeah, it could be it could be done, but I totally understand them not wanting to because it is such a sensitive like thing, and and you know, it, it's it's such a tough thing too, man, to 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 have, you know, have to deal with. I uh, I remember like couple couple of years ago or, or, or you know after he passed like thinking like i have no idea what they're gonna do for this next movie but i know all i know is i would not want to be the one <laughs> in charge of it because that seems like a yeah such a difficult thing to have to manage and take you know deal with like not just emotionally um from you know chadwick but like just story-wise and, and character-wise and all of that like you know I know there's been like behind the scenes, uh, you know, talks of them, of the cast, like coming together and, and, and working through their grief together for this, you know, as, as a unit, as a group, because, you know, uh, you know, how, what else are you going to do? Right. I mean, you're going to be on set and everybody's going to be emotional as fuck. So it's just, you know, I'm glad they had each other. And and honestly, I'm, I'm very excited for this movie, man. I'm so, I'm so very excited for it. I am over the moon hype for namor and what they've done with uh, the atlanteans in this movie i cannot wait for that and um yeah i'm just i'm just very excited man i i i'm i i remember like i said not not being sure what they were gonna do with this movie but now that i know what they're doing and and and, and I'm, I'm very hyped I'm very excited um and i'm very curious about what they're gonna do if anything with the the future of the character of t'challa you know yeah but uh yeah, what do what you, you, you got, Josh? Any, any thoughts on this? I don't really have a lot of thoughts. You know, it's a tough position to, to be in to manage that kind of stuff. And it's it's a lot. You know, you got to take in 
you know, fans, you got to take in Chadwick's family, you got to take in all that stuff. It's very hard. And not only that, it's like, I imagine like, you know, they had a relationship, like a friendship, possibly even like, like you get to know people as you make movies and stuff. And then you have to try to balance all this gigantic money, personal marketing, insane beast that yeah. you've created. Right. Like, it's just. It's just a, a yeah. really tough position to be in. I am excited for the movie. I imagine it's going to be an emotional movie. I cry. I'm so yeah. excited with so many things nowadays. I'm, I'm going to have my kerchief with me, and I'm going to cry in it when I get to the <laughs> sad parts. And I'm going to come home, and we'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast, and we'll talk oh, about yeah, how we cried all together. We're definitely going to do a show on it. Absolutely. Um, but, but, yeah, man, it's it's... <laughs> I can't imagine trying to manage that. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, so those are my that'll, uh, yeah, that'll do All it right. for our, our news portion of the day, movie news and news in general. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back for the searchers. We'll be right back after this, guys. Don't go. Don't go anywhere. Well, bye. See you in a bit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Clockwork Cantina, episode 133. We just did all the news, and now we're going to get into the second half of the show. We did a retro rewatch for this movie called The Searchers from 1953. I have seen it before, but DT, have you seen this movie before, or is this your first time? Nope, <clears throat> never. I've never seen this movie. All right. This so first time. So I I like the movie a lot. What do you think of the movie? Did you like it? Did you hate it? What's what you think? Uh it's a very interesting movie. Um mm-hmm. there's there's uh there's quite a bit going on. Um let me pull up my notes here. I have a few notes on it. Um I do too. So <laughs> I don't know if I like. I don't know if I like um, love the movie or or, or 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 even liked it, but I I don't hate it either. To be honest, I mm-hmm. just it's just, it's just such a like weird. It's it's a weird movie because it's like, you know, a film from nineteen fifty three mm-hmm. that definitely has a lot of things. And choices that they make that are that wouldn't. There's a lot of racism in this movie. Like we can just there say, is. there's a there's, lot of racism a, in this movie. There's a lot of, but even like, yeah, well, yeah. There's a lot of racism in this movie, but there is also there is some cool stuff about this movie though, for sure. Um, for for starters, I think one thing that this movie does that is kind of neat, I think, is they start off the movie with them walking outside. And then at the end, they end it with everybody going back inside. And, you know, John Wayne is like the only one that stays out there as the door closes on him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So stuff like like filmmaking, stuff like that is kind of cool. Like certain shots and 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 and, and things like that are, are, I thought were pretty cool. Like the whole ending, by the way, was no dialogue, just pure visuals. Because I think the director of this movie, uh, well, back in those days, you know, this movie was made in the 50s. 
But back in those days, uh, <clears throat> the director would have been making movies for quite a while, so he would have done like some of the silent film shit back in you know the before times. That yeah, right. So I could I could definitely tell like some of the filmmaking techniques that were used in terms of like here's this scene that we're gonna be having like the like like for example the flashbacks or of of you know when the uh <clears throat> when when they're with the with the natives and and they're like there's no sound I think other than than like the music but they're telling the story through like mannerisms and like canned gestures and stuff, you know, that's like mm -hmm. very like silent film era type of uh, techniques and, and whatnot. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, interesting watching this movie. I'd never seen it. It takes place in like the 18, like what, 1860s, 18, like um, basically like almost a hundred, like almost a hundred years of, Okay, all right, so 1868. All right, I was going to say, like, almost 100 years before the movie was shot, but, like, yeah, a little, little less than that. But anyway, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was uh, definitely, it's definitely an interesting movie, like, like watching, because I, I don't, like, mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen much, if any, uh, John Wayne's movies, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was, this was, this was kind of interesting seeing, like, just, you know, him and in, 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 in the movie. Um, uh, but what I do think, going back to the racism real quick, this movie is very racist. But yes. and the character and the character also is is is, is racist too. He John is. Wayne. Yeah. John John Wayne is not very likable in this movie. He's not supposed to be. The the yeah. character of Ethan Edwards is not supposed to be a likable character. He's not supposed to be a hero. He's not a hero. And in fact. Uh, he's a fucking villain, in my opinion, for a lot of the movie. He is like, if there's a if there was a hero in this movie, it'd be Martin. It'd be Marty. Marty's the hero. Um, but yeah, what what were you gonna say? No, I just I think it's interesting that his character is such a racist, but then like somehow. There's so there's multiple languages in this movie, right? You got the mm -hmm. natives, you got some Spanish, and somehow he his his character Ethan knows them all, and and he's like this like pretty pretty racist dude, right? And it's like well he he still knows the languages of of these people, and man, it was wild like seeing him with the natives and shit because like I, I'm kind of jumping all over the place in this movie right now. I don't know if you wanted to talk about it from no, the beginning. No, talk about talk about how you're feeling. No, it doesn't matter. We, we, we don't have to go super into like the whole plot, but there's like at one point of the movie where there's like a reveal of uh, uh, of a character that's a lot more uh, grown up now, mm -hmm. uh, Debbie, Debbie's character, and she shows up in the camp where they are with the natives. And John Wayne, or he fucking, he's ready to fucking kill her, bro. He's like, he, she ain't one of us no more, basically. So he's ready to fucking kill her, dude. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, her brother has to, like, defend, you know. Yeah, that shit's crazy, bro. Just like, and when he shoots the fucking, what is it? He shoots, like, the dude's eyes out or whatever at one point, too. Yeah. Like, that's, that's he's nuts, a, man. He is a very hateful fucking character in this movie. Yeah, dude. Like, 
Just like that's in my notes so, too. So much. The shooting the eyes out part. Like he hates that's this person, nuts. this these people so much that even though he doesn't believe in what they believe, just because they believe in it, he's gonna punish yeah. them. You know? He knew he knew to do that, right? Like he know like, again, he's a very mm-hmm. racist dude, but he knows these things like the language and, and these things about these you know people. So fucking crazy. Um also <laughs> Well, go ahead. I was just gonna say this movie's very dark. It's a pretty fucking dark movie. Yeah, uh, but it's also g- weird because it's got moments of comedy in it, right? And I think right. they have those moments of comedy because the movie really is pretty fucking dark. If you if you sit here and watch this movie and really think about it, it's like, fuck, it's dark. This movie's real goddamn dark. Like, they they find the 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 native that that Ethan shoots the eyes out of, and the and the guy that's with them, uh, Brad. Just is so angry and upset. He picks up a rock and starts smashing the head of the native, and that's when Ethan Edwards takes the gun and shoots the eyes out. Like, it's some fucking pretty brutal shit for. And here's another thing, guys. I just want to make clear: this is a 1956 film. It, it is not the best at like depicting truthfully which, how things which, were. By the way, by the way, when they when you see the main fucking what's his name, Scar. The main native dude, and he's a fucking white guy playing yeah, a fucking a native. I was like, uh, I was like, bro, no was like, way. Like, no, bro. Like, they, used to do, again, they do this again, shit all I the know, time. Back in the day. Yeah, I know this, I know this shit. I know this was made in the 50s. I know this is what they used to do all the time, but I was like, man, that is so goofy looking, dude. It's so like, dumb. what the fuck? I don't uh, I don't like it either, but it is what it is. That <laughs> like, shit is so fucking <laughs> But I know, uh, I know that's how shit was uh, back in the day. But it's just like, man, that's here's so the thing: they used to do it all the time. And I, I watch older movies, right? Oh, so sure. I've seen a shitload of westerns, right? And you always have Native Americans and westerns. They yeah. have white dudes playing natives all the time, and it's just like that is the whitest motherfucker I've ever seen. All right, he's whiter than sliced bread. How's he supposed to be a Native American? It, it doesn't look good. Like, it, they just look like a white dude. They have him dressed up. It, it just doesn't look good. It's just funny to me how they get the main dude to be the, to be a white guy playing a native. And then everybody else are, is, are actually fucking natives. Like right. all, the, all the supporting ones are actually natives. And just the main one, oh, we got to make him a white guy. I don't know for why, like, though. no reason. Scar doesn't even really... He only has a few moments where he talks. And the rest of it is just him looking stoically. Like, I don't get why yeah. you need to... I don't understand why what they were thinking at all there. I don't know. It's, they just, I don't. I don't know, man. But that shit was. I was like, wow, that's that's. It's whack, that's is what it is. It's really. <laughs> um, so I knew when I put this on the on the on the calendar to watch, I knew it was probably going to be controversial because it is, it 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 is a, it's a very racist movie. Um, yeah. But but the char- the main character is racist. Like it doesn't hide from that. Like it's clearly showing that he is a and it doesn't show him in a good light, I feel like, for a lot of the movie, for the most no. part. Everybody wants to act like he, he is because it's fucking John Wayne and John Wayne's always the good guy. How could he be the bad guy? And it's part of the reason why I like this movie is because it's John Wayne playing a, a totally unlikable racist, you know, kind of a shoots you in the back type character you know like that's i think that's why i like it because it's different um for the most part um 
Uh, what else do you have in your notes, DT, that you want to talk about? No, it was just interesting at the beginning of the movie, like when they're, uh, you know, all the adults, the kids, as they're like going to get, uh, um, you know, attacked or whatever, they're kind of like, yo, we got to, they're like, make it, like you can tell that the adults are like trying to keep things under, um, like they're not trying to like worry the, the kids or whatever before the attack happens. Yeah, the the like lamp, but 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 you can light. tell that their mannerisms are like, yo, they're 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 like they're terrified, they're scared, you know. Yeah, did you pick up on? This is just uh, a little bit earlier in the movie when when Ethan first comes back. There is definitely some some romantic weirdness between Martha, his brother's wife, and Ethan. Did you pick up on that? Because I wrote that down. There's yes. definitely you wanna, some weirdness. You how I I you could tell from the looks. Mm-hmm. The looks that he would that they would give that he would give her, you know, and that he, that he would do, which, by the way, that is the thing I have in my notes. Is the, I, I wrote the looks that John Wayne gives all the time. He has looks throughout this movie that he gives, man, like not just to her, but like to other like the natives mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, man, yeah, I, I I definitely I did I did pick up on that though, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely romantic tension there, and I think like, there's some. Mm. I've read somewhere years ago that. That part of the reason that, reason that Ethan leaves and joins the army, he joins the Southern Army, by the way, during the Civil War, um, uh, because he comes back and he has a, a Johnny Reb coat. And um, the reason that he goes and joins the army is because he and his brother are in love with the same woman, right? So he just leaves instead of, like, trying to marry her. And he leaves and, and his brother marries her or whatever. That was, like, one of the... Well, something I've heard in the past, I've also heard like theories that Debbie is actually his daughter. Like that's a theory for this movie. Okay. Um, like like that would add layers to it if that's true or not. Who knows? It's not explicitly stated in the in the course of the film. But there's yeah. definitely uh, some weird romantic tension between uh, Martha and Ethan. Like. It's it's interesting, and they and they definitely are like. And what's funny is they never explain it, really. It's all just interpreted through looks, and and like what you pick up on in the first little bit of that movie, but while they're alive, because they do fucking die during the course of this movie. Spoilers if you yeah. haven't seen it yet, but they they are killed very early. I think it's like thirty minutes into the movie. Um, it, it is fairly early. I don't know how early, but yeah, something like that. Uh, like they're away and, and, and we also meet Marty who's like an adopted uh, kid by yeah. uh, Martha and uh, and uh, John Wayne's brother's character's name who I can't remember I didn't write it down um, uh, that Ethan apparently found uh, years ago and and Ethan calls him like you know a half breed like you could be mistaken for a half breed because he's part Cherokee and has some Native American in him too. So it's like, yeah. and it's like just from the get go, you know, Ethan Edwards is not a nice man. I wrote down, uh, Ethan, pretty strong racist down in my notes. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, Ethan's a little shady about the money. Like he has money. Where did he get that money from early on? They're, they're like, these are brand new silver eagles or whatever this brother says. And it's like, was Ethan like a thief? There are moments in this in this in this uh, film that make me think that make me think of Red Dead uh, a lot. Um, 
Like, especially because we're dealing with, like, a shadier character in Ethan Edwards. Um, uh, but, yeah, I wrote down the romantic tension. We talked about that. Uh, um, it shows Ethan is a pretty... Has, like, a loving relationship with his nieces. Like, that's established there. They want to show that because when what happens later on shows how far this man slips down into the darkness, right? Like, he's dark from the beginning, but he gets real dark later on with wanting to kill Debbie toward the end of the movie. Like, yeah. but early on, they show her as a kid. Did you bring me a necklace, you know, or a locket rather? And she gives him a ne- he gives her a necklace. Um, so, yeah, I like that they established that stuff early. Um, I wrote down old Moe's nose. How do you like the character of Moe's? DT, that character is pretty goofy and silly and crazy. <laughs> he, he is a very, very goofy character. <laughs> um, need my rock and shit. There, were, there, yeah, there were some instances where I'm like, man, they're overdoing it here. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure people at the time was a like, ate this shit up, you know. <laughs> um, but no, he wasn't that bad. He was, he was you know, he's I, definitely I a goofy he was, character. He's like, he's like the comedic relief guy. But there's some stuff that he does, some like too that I'm just like, eh, that's when he starts you know. dancing around. There's one point where he starts dancing around and Ethan turns and kicks him in the butt. I'm like. I don't think we needed that. I think that's kind of stupid. <laughs> that's really dumb. Like, but the character I think is supposed to be nuts, and he definitely is. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, going fucking. I I think the 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 time jump with the with the letter was was kind of cool. Yeah, like th- there's a th- there's a pretty significant time jumps multi couple times in this movie. Yeah, um, which I feel like doesn't happen a lot in movies. Like, but we get pretty big time jumps of multiple years, um, which is really cool. So what uh, what do you think about that, DT? What do you think about those time jumps? You like no, it with I, the I letter? Was, yeah, the letter was cool. Then and I like how you can, you know, the, you can kind of. It, it, for me, it's not like it wasn't as jarring because like, you can kind of tell what's going on, and you know, like oh, John Wayne's older because he has gray in his, hair, in his hair now and stuff, right? You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I thought I thought the way that they that they handled time jump in this movie was was pretty cool. Like I guess I like the way they did it with the letter, her, you know, with her her reading the letter and 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 you know what's going on. Um, <clears throat> this movie has a couple of. Uh, interesting uh uh quotable uh lines that i've heard in other places like um one of the big ones is that'll be the day because mm-hmm. they say that a that'll few times. be the day that'll yeah. be the day and then one that i hear from you all the time is that i ain't afeard i ain't afeard. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I heard it and i was like the leonardo dicaprio gif man like there it is <laughs> i i I don't know why got me started saying that. It may have been this movie. I may have stole it from this. I don't remember. <laughs> but after seeing it in the movie, I was like, oh, there's the line. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I did take it from this. It's usually just something silly I say because it's funny. Um, I ain't afeard. But I yeah. ain't afeard. That's the line. Yeah. Dude, when fucking they went to the native camp when it was just uh, Martin and uh, and Ethan. And like, and he like fucking gets himself a wife or whatever. That Bro. shit was so racist, dude. Like to the point 
where she like goes and lays next to him in the bed and he fucking kicks her kicks and she her. starts rolling down. I was like, no way, dude. I was like, dude, you could kill oh her. Oh my God, bro. That is like some, like you say Ethan's racist. That motherfucker raises too for kicking her like that, dude. What the fuck? That is nuts, dude. That shit was wild. That was nuts, man. Oh my god. Yeah, that that was that was crazy. Um, that's one thing I, I, had, a lot to, of... I had in here because I was like, wow. And then of course, you know, Debbie being the wife to Scar and all that. But anyway, I have a lot of sympathy for that that character, the 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 wife, the look. They call her look in the in the film because. Like she obviously knows something about Scar. They mentioned Scar, and like the moment you see Ethan, be like, she heard you. Like he is, his whole demeanor changes. Like, like she knows something about Scar. And the thing is, is like, they they talk about her because she leaves, but she's like leaving clues for them to follow. And I'm not sure they they never really establish if she's trying to help them or trying to get them killed. After a certain point, I think she's trying to help them, and then. And then uh, she gets killed by uh, uh, white soldiers, right? Like cavalrymen raid uh, a native camp. And she's killed. And, and Martin's like, why'd they have to do that? She wasn't a, she wasn't, she was just, you know, she was innocent, like kind of moment in the, in the show, uh, show, in the movie. Like, yeah. it's like he actually, he feels bad, like that she is gone, like. Yeah, I mean that, that's some fucked up shit, dude. I mean, I was like, damn, mm-hmm. yeah. that's, that's nuts. Um, but yeah, it's just this. This is a this is a wild ass movie, man. I I I could just see people loving eating this shit up back in the day, though. With some of the fucking racism stuff, um, like 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 I said, when he kicks her and then all that, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I just. Definitely a uh, a very interesting movie. Not not what I thought it was gonna be. I, I didn't really know what the hell it was gonna be, really. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was definitely um, definitely an interesting one for sure. Uh, Out of all the movies I also, that I, I will probably ever do on the retro rewatch, this one will probably be the worst in terms of the racism stuff. Like this one goes heavy on it. Like, but yeah, this one is, is it could be rough, especially, especially like if something like that makes you uncomfortable, like, cause it's in here a lot. It's like one of the main focuses of the film is on yeah the, the racism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, like I said, it was neat though, with like, with having like all these different languages in it, like the, you know, the mm-hmm. natives and spanish in there when they get there and, and uh you know talking about calling scar like you know cicatriz which is basic which is they translated scar in, in spanish is, is what that means mm-hmm. i mean they tell you in the movie but like i don't know just that was kind of that was kind of neat um it is cool that they use the actual language though right like like yeah. they didn't have to they would they didn't have to do that like they could have easily Especially chosen back in, not to back do it. in them days, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like in all of this, like 
wildness that this movie is that they're like oh you know we're still gonna do these things you know um but yeah oh my god uh, what i have down charlie's country ass accent fucking charlie oh my and his god dude yeah he is so country like oh my i know people that talk like that guy like for real yeah. there's i forget what he's there's some things that he says i'm like man get get away from my fiance. i wrote that down i was like <laughs> what what are you saying i was like oh this is this is painful <laughs> that's a that's a country ass motherfucker right there. Yeah, he, he is super country him and marty oh, have that man. fight out out in the fucking uh I oh bro, there's a moment in this movie that cracks me up, but I don't know if it if it got you at all, but it made me laugh. They're scuffling on the ground and like they're pulling them apart, and then they're fixed to start fighting again. And Charlie's like, "Somebody's fiddle," and holds it up. <laughs> bro, I lost Dude, my shit when that the whole happened. the whole fight when they're like like jumping at each other and then like tossing on the ground and all that. I was like, man, they're definitely trying to make this seem like at least somewhat comedic like 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 you were right about like them like this movie being like you know all the things that we said it is but they do they definitely do try to throw in some like little bits of levity and 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 and, and, and stuff um <clears throat> another thing that i did see about this movie after i watched it was that i think one of the one of the kids is like John Wayne's like son, I think. I believe so. I think I think one of them is, yeah. One of them, yeah, that was like, I don't remember uh, I don't remember which character. It it was one of the kids that was uh you know, one of the younger younger dudes that was in, in uh talking to fucking what's his name? Man, I don't remember his name, but yeah, he, he had like the whole uniform and and, and oh oh yeah, yeah, Lieutenant Greenhill or whatever the uh, at the end, the guy yeah. in the yeah 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 yeah, yeah yep. that's right they were talking about Greenhill yeah yeah yep that's the one I think that kid was was his son right like real life son. I believe yes yes it is he's he was in a I think he was in a couple movies with with John Wayne but yeah that is him. With his dad. Yeah. Um, what else you got in your notes? I have. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about the accent thing, but that's something I want to talk about for sure. That was, yeah, that 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 shit was, that shit was was funny for sure. The yeah. Oh, I wrote down Moses kind of jacked because there's a point where Moses sitting without a shirt on and he's got like a six pack. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing over there, man? Um, uh, we established earlier that Ethan, you know, after so many years of chasing Scar and trying to get Debbie back, that he's pretty much reached the point where he's he's not looking to save her anymore. He just wants to kill her at this point. Like, that is like... She's she is uh, gone native, I guess. It's kind of like his thought process. Um, uh, 
when Scar comes up behind Marty in the tent, because Marty goes in to save Debbie, and and uh, Debbie screams, and Marty turns and shoots, and we get the camera shot of him just unloading at the camera. I'm like, that's a pretty cool little shot. So I wrote that down. I thought that was a neat shot uh, for the time, and I thought it was pretty cool because there's a moment early in the movie where they're fighting natives, and it's really early in the movie, and I think Marty shoots one, and he just he buries his head in his arm. Like, he goes down like this, right? And it's like, I wrote down, Marty doesn't like killing. But by this point, five years later, it's like, she screams, he turns, pulls his pistol, and unloads without a second thought. Like, he has become a bit of a harder man in that time. So I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, yeah, and, uh, and then we close with the doorway. And the thing about the doorway that's interesting is, like, because we see it at the beginning of the movie and we see it at the end of the movie. And, and both times, John Wayne is, like, outside the doorway. Like, we open and we see him, like, coming and, and and he's allowed in. And then at the end of the movie, after they've saved Debbie, which Ethan has a change of heart and doesn't kill her, he picks her up and holds her like he did when she was a kid and they take her home and there's no dialogue, really. Everybody goes yeah, inside whole, except for him. no dialogue, just visual, yeah. Yeah. So he... They everybody goes inside and the door shuts. He's still outside because he is not he is a bad man. And he I think he knows that he knows that he can't. Be a good person and co and come inside and, and be with the family. So when I when I watch these old school movies, I try to watch it kind of through the lens of 1956. And I try. Obviously, I judge it by today's standards and and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm like 56. People were ignorant as fuck. They didn't know how to be good to each other in certain ways. And it, it shows in this movie at times. But I can also see the story that they're trying to tell. And they slip and fall a lot because by modern standards, because it's very insensitive in a lot of ways. It's very shitty in a lot of ways. But this is a movie that I, I personally could see being remade and done in a correct kind of way. Like, I'm pretty sure, like... The Searchers is actually kind of based on a little bit of a true story of like the, the, the natives used to would take young children and integrate them into their uh, tribes and camps. And some of them were rescued and, and, and a lot of them, I don't think, wanted to leave and stuff like that. Um, so that whole history is is. Is that's uh, a lot. Um, uh, so I, 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 look, I tend to look past it's. I don't look past its flaws. I, I clearly see its flaws, but I remain grounded in like I, I realize like, yeah, this is 56 and I realize this is fucked up, but yeah. I, I get what they're trying to do. Um, the the biggest reason I like the movie is just uh, John Wayne's performance as Ethan is kind of like the biggest thing for me is like he is playing a, a really shitty, not usual John Wayne character, like not exactly an outlaw, but it definitely toes the line. He's a racist you know, just shitty person, which is not what John Wayne would normally play. Like John Wayne likes to be the fucking hero, right? That's that's why he does. That's that's why for that time period. It's why he would do so. That's that's the biggest thing that I, I found interesting there. His portrayal of that character. It's the reason why I thought like if he was going to win an Oscar it would have been for that role. Personally, that would have been, you know, my uh, thing with it. Yeah, like. Despite all the uh, other things like his performance in it, I think is 
something different. Like you said, he has looks that he gives characters all the time. He's he is he has moments where he like he on the verge of tears. Like, don't ask me. Don't ever ask me. Like, there's a moment like that early on after they find Lucy, like. That that type of stuff. So, yeah, heavy movie, hard watch at times, uh, especially if you're if you're sensitive to like the, the racial tensions of the day and stuff like that. But if you can get through that stuff, I think the movie is definitely definitely worth a watch uh, for some people. For some people, it's the greatest Western ever made. I don't agree with that, um, but it is definitely a movie worth worth checking out if you're somebody that's interested in it. Um, just be aware. 1956, a lot of ignorance in that time. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Uh, a, a ton of it. So no, yeah, it, it was definitely an interesting movie to watch because I, like I said, I'd never seen it. Um, so yeah, there, there was there's stuff that I recognize from it from other places that I had heard of and whatnot, but I never, I know. It's just a lot of these older movies I just haven't seen, so. Um, it was uh, <clears throat> definitely an experience, that's for sure. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for this retro rewatch, guys. Um, that is The Searchers. And I think that's all we have to say on it, DT. So if that is all there is, yes, we have nothing else. Gonna, we're going to wrap it up here. We'll wrap it up. We'll go ahead and throw it over to you. You're up, my friend. All right. Hello, everybody. Thank you for watching this episode of the Clockwork Canteen. Um, <clears throat> coming up for me, I have uh, more Elden Ring coming up on both YouTube and uh, Twitch. Uh, videos are going up on the YouTube, and then I'm streaming live on Twitch uh, again tomorrow. Go follow me on all the stuff on the side there. Um, I'd greatly appreciate it. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see you guys next week with some more D&D world building. Bye-bye. Peace out. All right, guys. It is my turn to say goodbye. So thank you for checking out the show. Uh, yeah, uh, make sure to follow us on all the stuff. Uh, check out 902 Dice Creations on Etsy, Instagram, TikTok. Keep an eye out for a dice drop later today. We'll be doing, uh, I have, I'll have some dice ready, I think, here in a little bit that, are, uh, that will be up uh, photos and for sale as well on the Etsy. Uh, make sure to stop by next week, and we will see you all next time. Bye-bye.